Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. Glad you joined me. I am Lynn Pryor, and joined with me is my co-host, Chris Johnson. Chris. Lynn, good to see you today, man. Always, always good for us to get together to do these podcasts. It's a lot of fun. And it, man, I'm excited about who's with us today. Yes, this is Amber Vaden, who is joining us for another podcast. Uh, if you're new to our podcast, uh, welcome. But Amber uh, serves on the Bible Studies for Life team with Chris and myself, and she handles the Daily Discipleship Guide, uh, which is rather a unique product, but we're going to talk about it later. But, but Amber, Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, uh, we always have some good conversations as we all get together. Uh, I'm talking about just as we're planning our Bible studies and stuff. So I anticipate a good conversation today as we jump into this study. Very good. So we are talking about emotions. This is the focal point of uh, our sessions uh, early here in December. And so this is our second session, and we're dealing with uh, the, the topic, the emotion that we're going to talk about today is fear. And I'll remind those of you who uh, listen to us on a regular basis that Lynn Pryor, our host, is uh, the, also the author of, of this, this group of studies. And so he mentions the fact that he's scared of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> and me too. I cannot think of anything that's more terrifying than the thought of coming across a snake or being cornered by one or something like that. So I share that with you. Yeah, and it's yeah. not a it's not an unhealthy fear, I should say that. But um Chris works with a production editor, and I'm, I'm I think I'm free to mention <laughs> this about Lee. Uh Lee does not like spiders. And Chris, you may remember, we had an issue a while back. We just had an image. Like, like if you're in the personal study guide I'm looking at, it has a picture of a snake. We had a picture of a spider. And it took her everything. It took everything she could just to be able to edit and look at that page. Yeah, she, she kept trying to persuade us. We need to take that image off there. That's scary. People won't like that. Now, I worked I'm with another guy once. Go ahead. I worked with another guy once who was afraid, had that same fear of clowns. <laughs> okay. Fear is a good emotion, so we need to keep that in mind as we're talking about this, that when we're afraid, there's some aspects of fear that we should have, but I think what we're going to be talking about more is those things that we face that kind of, uh, how do I say this, we freeze, we don't want to move forward because we're so afraid, and so we want to see that in those times, that type of fear, we shake it off by this truth, God is our defender no matter what we face. Great principle. We're going to look at Psalm 91 to get us to looking at that. And I'll tell you what, uh, Amber, Chris, I mean, I just want to look at the first um, six verses. Let me read that. And I want you two to jump in with what catches your attention here. Uh, this is where David said, the one who lives under the protection of the most high dwells in the shadow of the almighty. And I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, this is what he's going to say. He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. When fear strikes, we can trust God's power. It's a good word. It's a good reminder to us. Um, one of the things that stands out to me is the uh, different uses of the name of God that we find in the first two verses. Uh, he actually uses four different words. 
uh, for God that talk that just kind of show uh, different aspects of God's uh, character and power. Um, so I think that it's interesting that he would, it seems to be very deliberate to choose those words uh, to, to talk about God who he depends upon to keep him from fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, in these verses that, that, so he, the psalmist in the first two verses talks and, and names that the Lord is his, is his trust. It's where he places his trust. But then in verse three, four, five, and six, he goes into quite a bit of description about what, <clears throat> how the Lord um, does act on our behalf and, and all the things that, that the Lord will do uh, for us as he defends us. And I, I just thought that was interesting that he gave so much, um, so much description to that. Perhaps he thought, perhaps he knew that we would need that <laughs> on some days uh, to really be able to read through those verses and be reminded so much of, of how the Lord is our defender. And that's very true because if you look at the first two verses, as you noted there, he's talking about himself. This is what I'm going to say, you know, this, let me tell you what I'm going to say. And then in verse three, he says, he will rescue you. It's like now he says, I'm going to tell you from my own experience what he will do for you. Um, and I love the imagery there too. I do too. Yeah. I love, I love oh, yeah. the imagery of the bird protecting its young uh, with its mm-hmm. wings. Uh, I don't know that most of us who are, more urban and suburban don't have have uh, experience of seeing that uh, necessarily, but it is still a dramatic image of of, of a bird protecting its little ones and how uh, uh, that's what God does for us. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love that. I love this. I love this psalm. <laughs> it is a great psalm. So let's look at the next section. We're going to skip down to verse nine. Uh, and you see, as we talked about, we, we're going to trust God's power. We also need to trust his protection when fear strikes. He says here in verse 9, Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you, no plague will come near your tent, for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. So post-COVID, or wherever we are in COVID, uh, that that idea of protection from pestilence just kind of jumped off the page at me today. <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of surprised me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I saw someone post this uh, just the other day about they want to be like Paul, and, and what they want to go to deep mask us. Ponder that for me. <laughs> I got All it. Right. Thank you, Amber. You got it. <laughs> some of you, some of you, it'll be late tonight. You go, oh, Damascus. I get yeah, it. All right. Yeah. Uh, but there is something interesting here. He says here, uh, where he tells you he's going to give his angels orders concerning you. And you, you two, perhaps have heard people talk about this. Well, I've got a guardian angel. How do we respond mm-hmm. to that? Well, I grew up. Up in a, um, a an area that had a, a strong Catholic. Uh, I mean, my 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 neighbors were mostly Catholics around us. So that that in fact, their church was guardian angel. Um, so um, I would bump into people in 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 that place who would talk a lot about having a guardian angel and how significant that was in their in their belief system. So it's. It, 
wasn't necessarily new for me to see that or hear that. Um, but I was always a little uh, uncomfortable too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I probably have not really experienced um, a lot of conversations with people like that, but I definitely have seen it on TV. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, I can remember my grandmother watching um, this TV show called Touched by an Angel. And, you know, it was all about angels at work, which it was only a TV show. It was, but obviously that was part of our um, uh, part of our culture that it became, you know, made its way into a TV show. Yeah, uh, and truth is, the Bible talks a little bit about some angels, and in the personal study guide, we reference some other passages in Matthew 18.10, Hebrews 1.14. But to come down to it, there's not a whole lot we can really build a strong theology about guardian angels on. So, so I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not there, but it's just not a lot to build on. My big, I tell you my biggest concern with this, when people start talking about their guardian angels and the bumper stickers, uh, you know, that, you know, never drive faster than your guardian angel can fly, har, 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 and all that kind of stuff. What bothers me in this is we're focused on an angel and we're not focused on Christ. Uh, the idea is that, uh, the angels are God's messengers that, uh, in that sense of, it's all to point us to God, to Christ. Even in the book of Hebrews, in that opening chapter, uh, where he talks about the supremacy of Christ over angels. Better than angels, yeah. Yes. I, I, I like the point that you made that, um, I mean, we have the very spirit of God living in us, the very power of God living in us, which is much more significant than an angel watching over us to protect us. Right. So, also, uh, before we get away from this, it, it is, is a, a, a good, and I think you pulled it out in the in the session, Lynn, that this is the passage that Satan used um, in Jesus' temptation um, in um, in Matthew four. And That's right. He will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a good example for us to, <laughs> you know, just we don't test God on that. Well, God's going to take care of me. And the, but you know, I've, I've heard a lot of that in the past year with this, all this COVID-19. I don't need a mask. I don't need to sequester myself. God will protect me. You know, I'm yeah. going to live on my faith. Jesus and, was pretty clear. Don't put God to the test. That's, <laughs> that's right. A good reminder. That's right. Well, let's kind of move on to the passage here uh, and pick up again in verse 14. As we talked about, we, we trust God's power. We trust his protection. But the idea is that we, we, to walk with him. Uh, it's not just, okay, God, do this for me. There's a relationship here that when fear strikes, I'm going to walk with God. Let me just read verses 14 through 16, then I'll turn it back to you guys. Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. This is God talking now. I will protect him because he knows my name. Hear the relationship? And when he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. So is it, this is one of those rare Psalms, I think, where God kind of interrupts the psalmist and, and speaks directly in response. Is that, is, I know it does here, but is, are, are there, there's not too many Psalms that have that, is there? There are a few, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's not common. Okay. Uh, but it's just a beautiful picture of God just responding. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I will be that. there. It is said that we walk with him. Uh, verse 14, the idea that um, 
God saying, because you have set your heart on me, uh, because you know my name, these are the significant things to God uh, in, in that relationship. And that's a, a part of his, of why he provides the psalmist that, that kind of love and protection and watch care. You can actually see also in verse two, if we look back up to the beginning of the psalm, the psalmist does um, speak a little bit to his relationship with, with the Lord. He says, I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So right. we, we see this was not just a, um, uh, a one-time kind of prayer, um, but it, it, it it was indicative of an ongoing relationship that he had. That's great. Now, I, I, I think we need to talk about an elephant in the room. And for you in your, in your Bible study group, whenever you meet, there's coming someone who doesn't want to raise the issue, but it's in their mind. And it has to do with here we're talking about God's going to rescue you. He's going to do all this for you. But the elephant in the room is this. Sometimes we don't get rescued. And I think we need to acknowledge that, that at least not rescued in the way we think we should be rescued. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that you raised that and that you did in the, uh, in the PSG content, Lynn. Uh, I think that um, we mentioned COVID. Um, God says, you don't have to, you don't have to be concerned about these things. Uh, but then, you know, the reality is people have died uh, from this disease and other diseases uh, that uh, this is not a guarantee for us that uh, God will always take care of us, rescue us, and we will never have any kind of difficulty in our lives. I appreciated your reference to Job as well. And you know, there's other scriptures in there in, in the Bible that talk about um that that reality that uh, that we st we still trust God when when even when he doesn't um, answer our prayers or do the things that we think he should do for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, just the other day, like two days ago, uh, I was in Bible study with my small group from my church and um, we were studying a passage about creation. And one of my friends in the group, she asked the question, she said, do you feel like um, this is something that people really struggle with to determine if they believe in God or not, whether he actually created the world or he didn't? And, I, and um, my thought just immediately was, well, maybe, uh, maybe creation is something really that is, is a huge struggle. But I thought immediately of pain and suffering. And and I thought, you know, I don't know, I've actually seen more people really struggle with the fact that God, if he is God, why he allows pain and suffering to exist. Uh, and so this kind of speaks to that a little bit. Um, we know that he is God and that he is all powerful. And yet there are times like in the book of Job where um, a faithful, uh, faithful follower still endures adversity. And so I think it's, I do think this is a really practical uh, point to really keep in mind and to to be aware of as you as you talk to people you guys know me and and know my story i have uh, a son who died in a in a car wreck and um so um you know i i know that uh we don't always get the answer to the prayer that we want that god doesn't always step in and intervene um i i discovered in that 
uh, in that time and following that, that um, God really is faithful, um, that uh, he is with us. He helps us um, even in times like that. And um, so I, uh, I, I just appreciate the fact that, Glenn, you brought it up so that in, in the session, we hope that folks will talk about those kind of delicate issues um, and uh, how, how to deal deal with those things in our lives. Yeah, and it can be a very healthy discussion. Uh, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, end of the study, you're not going to solve it all. Yeah. So let me just conclude it with where the Bible study concludes. We can trust God even when we don't understand. God doesn't tell us how. He doesn't tell us when he's going to rescue us. He only assures us that he will deliver. And I think it's helpful that we keep the big picture in mind that God's protection includes his salvation. And that takes us eternally beyond this temporary earth. All right. Thank you guys for taking time to talk about uh, Psalm 91. What a fascinating, uh, beautiful scripture. And I hope that it's helpful. We are grateful for all of you who listen to uh, Bible Studies for Life podcast for adults and hope that this has been helpful to you and your walk with God. Uh, I hope that it will benefit you as you start it. Uh, conversations in your in your small group Bible study this week. We do have a couple of things we want to, to tell you about. Uh, Amber works on a product called DDG, and she's going to tell us a little bit about that and then share a uh, teaching tip for those of you who are leaders of groups. All right. And the DDG that Chris refers to is the Daily Discipleship Guide. And uh, Amber, just for the, our, our new listeners, kind of give us the real big overview. What, what makes the Daily Discipleship Guide unique? Yeah, so it is um, similar to the other Bible study resources in this Bible Studies for Life family. Uh, so it will include uh, your weekly Bible study uh, that you do with your group. But then at the end of that, it has five daily devotions that will kind of give a deeper dive into the topic you just studied. So if you're using a personal study guide, uh, whether it's the adult, the senior adult, young adult, what Amber has provided in the Daily Discipleship Guide, those devotions, it's the same content, uh, the same passage, but what she's done is she's arranged it in a way so you can do it in a devotional way f five days during the week. So I love that approach because I think that it's so healthy to sit down with a group and have a conversation and then for five days to have it reinforced uh, in the way that Amber does that with uh, the Daily Discipleship Guide. Yes, but there's another way it gets reinforced as well. And that's a little, uh, about a half a page each session called Talk It Out. Amber, would you tell us about Talk It Out? Yeah, so at the end of each session, uh, there is a short, a short session called Talk It Out. Uh, and that is, it's designed for smaller groups. So maybe your group meets on Sunday mornings. Um, and then you go to lunch with two or three people or even just later in the week, you happen to gather with two or three other uh, members of your group, just maybe on the phone or something like that, preferably people of the same sex. And you talk a little bit more about uh, the Bible study you just studied. And so this piece offers one, there's a, a short paragraph to kind of uh, review what the Bible study was about. And then there's three questions for you all to discuss. So it's just a little tidbit to give you um, some 
some like a guide to get to go through and talk through this. So uh, it's not a full Bible study then. It's no. just okay. Yeah, it's just an opportunity to um on on a more personal level, maybe you it would be people that you have a closer relationship to or you're willing to have a closer relationship to and, and to share things maybe that you wouldn't feel comfortable sharing in your large group. Um really so you could just kind of be um uh, some people call them accountability partners that it doesn't have to be that but just a smaller group of people that you um, study scripture with but okay. maybe a little a higher level of transparency and yeah. of openness okay that's good well if you want to know more about the daily discipleship guide you can go to biblestudiesforlife.com and you'll see on the page there how you can get to the adult part of portion of that and when you go to the adult portion that you'll you will see the daily discipleship guide so i do encourage you just to kind of look that uh, i think it's a great resource so amber let me turn it back to you again and uh, since you're great with teaching tips and how you create your uh, plans for your leaders give us a teaching tip well thank you lynn so i'll share the one that is in the teaching plans for the daily discipleship guide uh, and this particular um, teaching idea will go with the very first scripture division um, let's see psalm 91 1 through 6. Uh, in there in verses verse 5 it says you will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that starts in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. And so this is an idea to really kind of break down what he's talking about. The psalmist is saying no matter what the threat, whether it's a nighttime threat, a daytime threat, a darkness, that the Lord is faithful to defend us in those, in those instances. And so here's the idea. In advance, gather up an oven mitt and a pair of gloves and display those to your group uh, and then ask them how are they similar and how are they different and your discussion is probably going to point out the idea that they are both um, forms of protection for your hands but they're intended for different threats right so one protects your hands from cold and one protects your hands from heat uh, and just kind of in a in a in the in a different way, we don't have to have all of that when we are facing things in life because the Lord, we only need him. He will protect us from whatever kind of threat comes toward us or that we feel concerned about. And so it's just kind of a visual aid um, with some objects to sort of bring that that verse home a little bit. And you know, Amber, that's a great idea. And I just, as you're saying that, I thought, you know, you could also have a third pair of gloves, which are the, like the latex gloves that are more protection from uh, germs. Oh, yeah. Like a nurse would wear. Uh, <laughs> another type. And then those do not protect from cold or heat. Uh, yeah, no, neither at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you, you could even do a work gloves. Glove. Yeah, baseball yeah. glove. That's good. That's good. All Great. kinds of protections. All mm -hmm. right. So, listen, we, we've, we're at the end of our time. We want to thank all of you for listening to uh, this, this podcast and hope it's been beneficial to you and hope that you'll plan on being with us soon.